0: I'm recording this right next to my window, and it's raining quite a bit, so I'm really sorry if the sound comes through. I personally love it, but I'm really sorry if it kind of, well, I really hope it does not come through as an interruption or something annoying. Not more annoying than what we're going to be talking about, um, which might get a little bit controversial. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just here sharing my opinion and my personal journey around this topic, which is the aesthetics of health and sort of we're going to be exploring the inspiring and the the disheartening of being that girl which is a trope that I'm pretty sure according to what I googled came to be around 2020 back when we were all in lockdown and we did not really have a lot of time to do anything else other than be at home cooking doing our own stuff probably working out once a day going grocery shopping and that was pretty much it so that girl pretty much is that person who wakes up really early in the morning is really productive is on top of all their activities and cooks healthy meals reads journals um drinks smoothies to be honest it's kind of embarrassing because it's pretty much me describing the shit that I do and the shit that I say, (laughs) that I I tell people to do on this podcast. However, I'm approaching this from a critical point of view, because I think that there's value and I think that there's value in everything and there's pros and cons to every single thing, especially trends on the internet. So I think it's quite exciting getting to unpack all of this because I've had quite a few I do have some opinions around this whole thing and I want to talk about them today because I have not seen a lot of content addressing this particular issue around kind of putting what healthy is or looks like on through the lens of like aesthetics or something that looks really good and that's kind of how it how how it should look like So I think it's quite interesting. Um, My disclaimer is pretty much that, yeah, this is coming from somebody who probably does really align to a lot of the values that this kind of trope embodies. But on the other side, I acknowledge that a lot of it, I mean, most of it, it's quite it's kind of like around privilege and it's not something attainable for everybody. And I think that's one of the reasons why it could be quite problematic in many ways. So This is also not dietary or (laughs) medical advice. You know that I'm everything but a doctor. Um, We'll maybe be a doctor in literature at some point. Who knows? But not yet. You cannot call me doctor yet. Um, So yeah, we're going to be unpacking a little bit of this whole aesthetic around health. And it's not just going to be about this like trope on the internet. It's going to be in general. It's going to be something that I have been noticing for a few years now um, growing up as a young woman and kind of being fed by um, the internet and narratives on TV, peers and school and institutions and everything. I think it's quite an interesting conversation um, for depending on sociocultural context, but I think it's something that we might all relate to uh, to some extent, so. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy. Grab a tea, grab a little glass of water, of water, grab some coffee, um some snacks, some fruit, <laughs> light up a candle. I'm truly very passionate about well being and mental health in particular and the whole narrative around deglamorizing what um mental health issues look like or what a healthy life looks like i think there's a lot of ups and downs and the downs and the lower points are crucial to a healthy life in my personal opinion because i think that's just like part of the whole process i think it's actually quite unnatural having like this gorgeous curated routine I think that particularly healing and getting healthy and doing whatever takes a lot of effort and sometimes that does not really look very pretty. So I think I truly find it super interesting like this how we have given health a look and well-being a sort of aesthetic and I'm personally going to share what how that affected me and on the other side, how that still inspires me, and how I somewhat share some values around those um, little acts of romanticizing something as simple as going gro- grocery shopping. But on the other side, I think it's quite important to acknowledge that this curation of the concept that we have as productivity or, you know, kind of like labeling our day as productive or unproductive and kind of weighting our value upon those things could be just an act of I don't know alignment to capitalism I think to me it was something that since very very early on was ingrained in my head you know kind of like the look of happy equals healthy and skinny equals healthy and my tumblr dashboard for instance or my youtube was just like full of these like I mean still to the to the day I feel like the health um, the image of health that we have is like white skinny um and pretty i guess you know what i mean so i think it's quite eurocentric in that regard and for a very long time i was kind of like i don't know if this is for me or i don't know if i could ever be this healthy just because i'm not white and i don't look like this so i don't really know so there was always like some sort of like dysmorphia around that image and absorbing or internalizing that image I think we kind of naturally see women who take care of themselves or talk about, um, I don't know, like health or lifestyle or looking good or beauty as something seemingly superficial or something to be judged. And I think that we don't do the same for men. And I think that's a factor to consider when it comes to looking at these things. So I think... I think... I think health comes from within and it's really hard to judge from an aesthetic or from physical appearance, even if somebody is healthy or not. So I think the inertia has become to judge someone from their body type or what they eat or what they don't eat or, you know, the products they consume and kind of just be like, yes, they're healthy or they're not healthy or you know, whatever. And I think that's kind of linked to also the amount of products that they can acquire. Cause I feel like we're starting to attribute these traits of what healthy looks like to the products that you use or the places you go buy this, these products or the clothes you're wearing. And I think it's super interesting looking at like also how it's kind of like a material trend So, yeah, I think there's a lot of layers to it. I hope I can fit everything in here. So prior to 2019, I fully was that girl. I don't even think that it had a name by then. I think it was just kind of like me being me. No, I don't know what it was, but I I fully was, you know, like I was like truly waking up at five in the morning and... (laughs) <laughs> I was waking up at five in the morning because I read Robin Sharma's, of course, uh, 5 a.m. club, and I was reading like all these self-help books, like truly they were my thing. I was reading Atomic Habits and truly everything that was coming out on self-help. And I do find value in self-help in many ways. Like I think it's quite, um, it's quite a great way to learn systems that may help routine if you struggle with routine, which was my case because I was never really, I never really learned to organize my time or the things that I needed to do based on my life as a student in high school, for instance. So I think reading those self-help books really helped me kind of ground and start to um, try coming up with a routine or a system that worked for me so I think that's something that I take out from self-help narrative however I do have mixed feelings around self-help narrative and I don't think it's something that we should push everybody to do or we I don't I personally don't think that it's something that we should say or attribute as the way to go you know what I mean If you want to know more about my mixed feelings, check out my other episode, my previous episode. But pretty much, yeah, before 2019, well, during 2019, let's say 2018, 2019, which is like the years, well, the first year, 2017, when I like became independent, where I, when I moved out of home, when I moved to a new country, I started life in a new country. um, That's when I was like super committed to being the best version of myself, which is so fair enough you know it's like i i think yeah i i tried to approach adulthood with lots of energy and lots of enthusiasm so i was waking up super early in the morning and i was meditating because i knew that i was really struggling with my mental health i was starting to get signs back then that i i really needed to cultivate a practice that would soothe my brain and my feelings and emotions but, yeah, you know, I was, like, working out and having smoothies and <laughs> making my own smoothies. I was not buying them. I was making them. Um, that, That's the year when I went vegan. So, it's kind of, to be honest, like, I'm just, like, full on this stereotype. And it's it's truly annoying. I think that's low-key why I'm, <laughs> I'm addressing it today. Because I'm just having a really hard time digesting this. But, you know, working out and reading self-help and... I still had my things to do. I was like working and I was doing some study and everything, but I was full on kind of, um, still in quite a privileged position where I was not really questioning what I was, where I was not really seeing what I was doing as part of my privilege. I was just seeing it as something that, was part of adulthood or was part of any adult who wanted to be successful you know what I mean I was kind of like seeing it as like me doing the right thing me being healthy or me trying at least to be like the highest version of myself sort of thing which in a way I mean it was a lot of effort and I do give myself some credit for that but um but yeah I was not really looking at it like not even critically I was just like not really acknowledging or even experiencing gratitude about the privilege that I had doing all of those things that um, at the end of the day come down to the economic capacity of whatever, anyway. um, And then 2020, the pandemic happened and I started seeing a nutritionist. And I wanted to see a nutritionist because I felt like I was binge eating during the pandemic and I was gaining weight and I was not really motivated to do anything back in the day like back then I was not really cooking either well I would just cook like a single meal I was making curry every single night and it was not like a dope curry it was truly just like curry out of like this little jar that I would buy at Common Sense Organics which I miss with all my heart which would be the equivalent of like Whole Foods in the U.S. Mm. Maybe Trader Joe's I don't know yeah probably Whole Foods Anyway, so I was doing these, you know, I decided to see, um, I decided to see a nutritionist just because I was kind of like off the rails with like my eating and like I felt like I was gaining weight and I think I, yeah, I think I later on realized that me thinking that I was gaining weight just meant that I was truly experiencing body dysmorphia as well. But in reality I was truly binge eating and I was just really having a hard time. I guess like everybody else. Anyway, I started seeing a therapist um well, therapist as well, but I was <laughs> started seeing a nutritionist and I later on, like months passed by. This is kind of actually really fucked up. She was like, Hey Barbara, I think, you know, it's been a few months that we've been working together. Um and you have not really I mean, you've maintained your weight, like you're working out and you're doing all these things. And like, you know, you're like doing everything pretty much like all the good stuff, like, but you're not losing more weight. I think there's a bigger issue. I don't think I can help you anymore. And like, she stopped seeing me. She was just like, I think you need to see a specialist and I was like, what what are you talking about? What kind of specialist? What the f-? And so she kind of like gave me the hint that I needed to like check on my hormones, on like my female hormones or like sex hormones, and I was like, I mean, pretty fair enough. I've never checked my sex female sex hormones and I have no fucking clue what that means, you know what I mean? So I was in New Zealand back then. Everything was like four times more expensive and I was a broke student at the time. So I truly was not really in the mood to pay $2,000 to see if I had ovario poliquistico I don't know how to say that. Polycystic, polycystic ovary, but I don't, know how to say, I don't know how to say that. But yeah, I was like not really in the mood to pay all of that money just for like a yes or no answer. Anyway, I, I started doing some research, and I found these, like, studies sort of thing that would would kind of, like, tell you if your hormones were unbalanced or if they weren't. No, if they were or if they were not balanced. So I was like, okay, this looks promising. So I ended up at this clinic, this amazing clinic, by the way, which now is the clinic that I still go to um, and get my... Goodies from, um, and I ended up in the arms of um a holistic doctor who is somebody who kind of like approached everything. It was kind of like alternative. I don't know if it's I don't know if alternative medicine. It was kind of like natural naturopathy, something that you would also agree, or something that you would not really be surprised to know that I go to. You know what I mean? Like it's truly kind of the the sort of doctor that you would picture me going with you know and so I ended up with this doctor and I was just telling her I was like hey like at this time it was probably like six months after I was seeing this nutritionist I was like fully depressed and I was like not eating actually the, the main reason why I started going as well and where I suspected that I needed to check my sex hormones was because I stopped having my period and I was not pregnant I was not having sex it was truly because I was like like my period would just like come around like one day I would you know I would bleed for a day and then it would just fade and not come back till next month so I was kind of like a little bit worried about these things kind of like irregularities sort of thing and so I talked to the doctor and I was like hey you know like this is what I'm feeling like mentally like I'm just you know yeah, like I think at this time I was like not really eating much and I definitely think I had an eating disorder and my mental health was not in the best place and I was not bleeding and, you know, there were lots of things. And she was like, okay, this sounds kind of... I mean, yeah, she was quite concerned for me actually. So she sent me off to get blood tests. Um, I'm terrified of needles. Like it's truly... I have I had at, at that time, which was 2020, I had just had one like blood test test taken like ever and so I was like so terrified but I was like there's nobody here like there's nobody else who can take care of me like no one I don't have my mom here like there's no one so like I better suck it up and just go get my blood tests anyways it took me like a week to just like full-on like prepare myself mentally to go there and get my blood test done And so I did it and it was quite miraculous because the needles were really, really thin and I went on my own and, um, it was actually quite okay. And I think I felt really good about myself for kind of like getting, like just doing it. I remember taking my headphones and I remember like playing the same song over and over and over and over again. And then the lady was just like poking my arm and she was like, Hey, we're done. And I was like, "Oh, thank God, I did not even notice. It was amazing. And so after the doctor saw my blood test, she was like, "Yeah, you're so deficient in so many areas. like you truly need like supplements and like doing these things and. Da-da-da. Like she sent me like, she was not a dietitian, but she sent me a few things to um, add to my diet. At this time, I was I was way more connected with cooking already because it was like post um, the first lockdown in New Zealand, which didn't last very long because we contained the COVID cases and then we got over them and we lived normally for like two years of pandemic. And so that was already when we could do anything. And so I was already cooking every day and I was like still implementing the things that I learned with the nutritionists kind of as in like portions and and kind of like the same recipes and stuff. So I was not really experimenting much. I was just like following still the same meal plan sort of thing and she was like listen like right now you can't really diet I'm I'm suspecting that you do have an eating disorder plus you are like you're literally losing your period which is so um it is quite concerning because when you lose your period like when when your period starts like reducing let's say that it's usually five to seven days me it was usually five days so she was like if your period's usually five days and it's starting to be one or two days that means that your body does not have like the extra nutrients or like even enough energy to pr- like to cleanse itself via your period you know what I mean and so she was like and that just means that your body does not even like it's not even in the capacity of like functioning properly and you know like having its natural cycle and in that moment I was actually like I was so concerned, and that's when it actually hit me, and I was like, wow, this is, I, I, I'm so unhealthy, like, for the first time in my life, I felt unhealthy, and I felt like I really, I was a little bit scared for what was gonna happen to me, because I was, like, physically, I felt weak, but I looked really skinny, and, like, people were telling me that I looked really good, as in, like, Oh wow you've lost weight or you look so skinny great sort of thing I don't know you know what I mean and then mentally I was just like stuck I was like in this hole and it was really scary so I was like okay this is not cool anyway and in that moment I think that's when I realized that looking that's it's so hard it's so hard to tell when someone is healthy or is not healthy I think it's just us who know and it's in the way you feel rather. I mean, of course, you can like it's an external um, aspect as well. Of course, somebody who looks healthy might also be healthy. Like there's a chance that it might not be healthy. But it, I think there's like a different like glow to a healthy someone. I don't really know. I do believe that people like some people who are actually healthy do look very healthy. And they I don't know, you know, it's kind of like a coherent force of health that these people drive with themselves but in my case I was just like not healthy and I knew it and it was just like starting to really upset me when people were giving me all these compliments just because I was like I have never felt worse in my life and you're telling me that I look hot are you fucking kidding me anyway so I, I also realized that I was Overworking myself, like even if I did not have enough energy to do anything, or I did not have the desire to do absolutely anything, or I was restric- restricting my eating, um, I was not giving myself chance to rest because I was obsessed with the idea of being productive and waking up early and working out and um, doing all the things that I was doing on a daily basis. So I like while I was experiencing this very low moment well, this really long, uh, sorry, (laughs) this really low moment of like, unhealthiness. That's not a word, but that's okay. This really low moment, I was not giving myself any rest or any chance to stop or, you know, I was not changing anything on my routine. In fact, I was stressing myself more because I felt like, I was just being lazy or I was tired because I was you know not doing I, d- I don't really know what what my logic was but I was definitely pushing my hurt my, myself really hard and I remember that um, my doctor was like you really need to prioritize getting your sleep like the basics like she was like talking to me as if I'd never heard this before <laughs> she was like this is really basic but you listen to me you need to rest, you need to sleep your 8 hours, you need to chill the fuck, you know what i mean? So i was like, okay, that's fair enough. And so i kind of like started to slow down. And i started fighting this idea that i was being lazy or that i was being unproductive, you know? Back in the day, i used to label my days like a good day equaled a productive day. And what was a productive day? Well, well, I would wake up early and you know I would do all these things and to me that was a good day and if I was not doing enough or if I was unproductive quote-unquote I that was like a really bad day and I would kind of like shame myself for it which is kind of sad to think about now that I look back and I'm like wow I was just 20 21 like what the heck you know so yeah I think um that was quite an interesting time to reflect and actually kind of look at rest as something crucial and something part of the process that is not necessarily something we glamorize and is not seen on this like whole aesthetic and my story like I just I'm kind of like bringing in the bringing this whole thing up because when I was experiencing like my eating disorder and my low energy and my lack of menstruation if we can say that or you know the most unhealthy I've ever been was during a time when I was doing all the other things that looked really good on paper. You know, like I was still eating really healthy. Um, I was still eating really healthy. I was doing my daily walks. I was like working out and reading self-help and all these things. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that it's wrong or that it's even good. I'm just saying that they're tools, but it's not necessarily... Um, I think health goes beyond what looks good on paper and what the aesthetic is. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so I think that's when I realized. I was like, okay, well, I think this is just, yeah, not healthy. But I look healthy, you know? Because, like, on the outside I'm doing all these things. But it, it went way beyond there. So then I well anyway and so I kind of like everything started getting better and I gained some weight again because I lost weight and but I think I gained muscle more than weight I gained muscle because I was working out and I was lasting more and I was giving myself time to rest and I would recover way quicker and then my period got back and 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 then I started having kind of like a healthier relationship with food and I was enjoying what I was eating and I was eating when I was hungry and I was not really forcing myself. So I think I was kind of like reinforcing these healthy habits that I wanted to implement in the first place, but it was more in the name of feeling healthy and feeling good rather than looking healthy and looking good, if that makes any sense, you know? So I think I stopped looking at all of those things through the eyes of this aesthetic and I started looking at rest and the breakdowns and the crises and the uncomfortable moments also as part of the whole process of feeling good and feeling healthy and you know in my case healing from an eating disorder and a really toxic past with food and health I think this whole thing came to uncover the fact that I did grow up with a lot of negative ideas around food and around what health looks like and what a female body should look like or, you know, all these things. So I think it ultimately came to that and I was healing from that and there were moments when it was not glamour at all, like not aesthetic at all. It was no... Cute at all. No pretty. I think that ultimately the narrative around self help included, I think, and around this whole stereotype of being like that girl or, um, or yeah, being aesthetically healthy and aesthetically pleasing in that sense is kind of like a refined version of the hustle culture. Or the grind culture, in my personal opinion. But I, I just find it so risky, like, just encouraging people to look at their lives as more valuable or less valuable, depending on how productive they are, you know, and looking as, at, like, leisure as, like, I mean, it is, in many contexts, like, a luxury, but, like, looking at leisure as something that is just is just, like, not a question, and rest is, like, for the week, and, you know, that sort of thing, I think, I don't know, I really have, I really have a big issue with all of this, because especially, I think in the first world is, you know, it could be an option for people to, you know, they could choose to do that, and that's okay, you know, gym bros are gym bros, and that girls are that, the, you know, those girls are those girls, whatever, but I think, for example, in, like, the context of, like, a developing country, like, to be honest, that's a luxury, and I don't think everybody has that luxury, and of, like, they feel the pressure to do that in order to, like, attain a healthy, you know, a quote-unquote healthy life or healthy lifestyle. um, It could just, like, turn out to be worse in my personal opinion. Like, I do feel like my habits change when I am in Mexico, for instance, and when I am in New Zealand or in France for example like naturally of course habits change and everything but I do find a difference and I I used to be the kind of person who would be raving about like you know for instance like being vegan and that everybody should be vegan and being like oh whoever's not a vegan is like so irresponsible and it's like so like I would really judge a lot but then I realized that I first of all I'm truly no one to be saying that and then second I I think there's like as much as I would love for everybody to stop eating animals, I think I should respect other people's lives and the way that they live and understand that not everybody has the same opportunity to choose their habits and the the ways that they live their life. So I think it just comes down to the fact that if we do have a choice, we should be grateful. And if we live it If we choose and live consciously, I think that's truly what matters. And yeah, as long as we're not harming anybody, and we are, um, and we define what health actually looks like and feels like for us, I think when I feel the most healthy is when I feel energetic and I feel um, like my mind is it is calm and I can sleep and I can easily. Um, listen and connect to others and feel empathy and because when I'm unhealthy or when I don't feel like I'm really on track with these habits that really help me I feel like I'm irritable and I just suck <laughs> and, and, and nobody likes that and we all have those moments but you know what I mean like I think it's really important to know and experience health on your own terms like what does it look like for you how does it feel like And then you can consume as much content because, I mean, it's pretty wholesome, right? Like, there's many, many wholesome accounts and creators and, like, things like that um, that really truly inspire really good values around living your best life. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that when we come from a place of, um, of knowing what that looks like for us, we can actually kind of, like, take the best out of something and then leave behind what seems to be something that is not truly there for us or it just does not really apply so I think that this is this trope is still something that lacks diversity in the sense of like it just applies for a few and it's quite still a hegemonic approach to health like there's just like this one image you know it's like it's still kind of like a mold The second point that I want to come across here is the fact that we are starting to attribute health to products. And I kind of um, very briefly went through that at the beginning. And I think that we are starting to um, connect a few things with this trend and this lifestyle sort of thing. Lifestyle image. That perception that we have. Um, Skincare and... Irwan salads and, you know, even diets. I mean, I'm gonna start off a vegan diet or keto or gluten-free or all these labels. And yeah, I mean, it is quite a product of capitalism to sort of, in the name of health, bring all these items in that make profit and yeah just like profit out of people's desire to be healthy or or ingest things that are going to make them feel better and we attribute as like ooh, the thing that makes you healthy if you eat this you're healthy or if you buy this if you put it on your skin if you whatever you're healthy or you at least look like it you know and I think that's just a, the perfect example of how the market um, evolves and how we have power as consumers. It's quite extraordinary, actually. I think back in, I don't know, like maybe 10, 15 years ago, that would have been impossible to imagine that a kale salad was going to be around, like was going to cost $15, you know what I mean? But but now, since the demand is different and since these things become a trend, they can profit out of that. And some people are truly... Well, people, institutions, and businesses are truly going to take advantage of that about the fact that we think that through acquiring things, which to an extent, of course, we need things. And of course, we connect with certain brands and their values and everything. I think it's so interesting to see that there's some sort of fear to be in the low or inhabit a void, right? A void, which is usually what I say here. Which is a space like the silence, like just the space where it allows you to question and look within and realize the fact that, in this case, perfection or productivity does not actually lead to happiness. So I think it's no no, no coincidence that this whole movement is kind of glorifying productivity and not stopping and go, 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 go sort of thing. Which, once again, I think kind of like connects to the grind culture I think it's super interesting that there seems to be some sort of fear to be in the low or to inhabit a void which is usually what I say here that is the perfect space to question and create and look within. I think we're truly not being shown burnout which comes from a high productive lifestyle to some people to some extent and comes when it's when, high, uh, when a high productive lifestyle is not handled correctly so within that lifestyle something is lacking sleep or slipping from your diet or you know whatever may cause imbalance that could really affect you in the long run or could really impact your health and if you have the mentality of like grinding and go 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 it's going to be really hard to address and If you might even dismiss something that might be worth looking at, especially when your body's just like calling for sickness is usually a call of a call for help for help when it comes to these things. So from personal experience, I can say that I just kept dismissing all these things like an eating disorder and hormonal imbalances and everything because I was I I just thought that I was like tired or that I was being lazy or that I was not being productive enough. And that just really upsets me, thinking that we get this whole mindset given and very beautifully wrapped, ready to be internalized. And I think we should question that. I think, I think also the risk of looking at things through a specific aesthetic or through committing to one aesthetic is that when we look at something through... specific aesthetic (laughs) we exclude other aspects that may also fit within that same category in this case health right if we look at for example the lows or those voids that we sometimes experience those existential crises that hit some of us we are kind of like excluding that from something as something that's part of the process for instance and we might even be harder on ourselves, overjudge, feel really bad, when in reality it's something that it's truly just part of it. It's kind of like the other side of the coin and it's just a natural part of the process. It ultimately comes to a really limited view that is not looking beyond the hegemonic mold, which in this case for the that girl aesthetic is white and skinny women with with financial stability, which is clearly not everybody's life circumstance. Lastly, I think that there's so much worth in sharing what works for us. I think that's probably the reason why I record these episodes, just to share things that work for me and just encourage conversation around instigating and asking ourselves basic things you know to just know ourselves and fun and function better and you know hopefully have better quality connections with others and ourselves but I think when there's kind of like this impulse narrative it could be really dangerous and really damaging and we should definitely kind of start approaching health and our relationship with our health and other people's through kind of With more distance and more respect, I think. Coming here and telling you, you know, about like journaling and meditation and everything, but not telling you about the moments when I feel very low is something that's not really honest and authentic. And, you know, even if like I do all of these things still, you know, like I feel really like probably the healthiest that I've ever felt. Um, Because I started looking at my health as something from within and something that I should feel rather than first above all see outside and see in the mirror. But I think that's, I mean, even if I do, I implement a lot of like these quote unquote healthy practices and, you know, healthy values or whatever that aligns to this like aesthetic there's days when i truly really struggle mentally and really struggle with lacking energy and i don't really want to do anything other than sleeping or crying or eating or going for a run or binge watching something or doing nothing or just hanging out with people you know what i mean like i think that mental health it's such a large it's it's just such a large topic that we might not really understand just yet and it's so complex and it evolves and changes with us and there are so many factors that contribute to our lifestyles and what living a happy healthy life means for each one of us that it's just naturally very naturally not possible to 24/7 feel happy and healthy and that's okay. And I just come here to say that even though I rave about all these amazing things and I do sound very wise sometimes, I do really struggle with my mental health and I have struggled with my body image and I have struggled with not knowing what healthy feels like for me. I did not know what what that was like for me, you know? And I think that the beauty of well-being and Yeah, of well-being is that we can implement very simple things and our minds and bodies respond quite well to what works for each one of us. And I think that's why it's it's an individual journey, but that we can also share collectively. And at the end of the day, it's something that um, we can learn from other people from other sources and that's why I find a lot of value in people who share their own journey and what works for them and I absolutely like I'm a sucker for well-being that girl content knowing what really works for me and kind of knowing what to take in from there so I think that we can all achieve being you know like the healthiest the happiest or the best version of ourselves but from our own standards and not from a highly curated standard that we see online that, of course, there's many things worth trying. But I think that it comes down to truly sitting down with ourselves and going with a specialist as well, (laughs) not just sitting with ourselves, but if we can go to a specialist, going to see someone and kind of like actually see what works for you and try things out and get professional help and and yeah kind of expand our horizons in that regard I find a lot of value as well in the tough moments in the lows of my life I feel like they truly ground me I do find a like I weirdly enough I do find beauty in those moments and I think it's because they make me more empathetic and more human and more connected to others. I think that when I feel pain, (laughs) this is going to sound so, I feel that when I feel pain, I can truly, it's like such like a, I don't even know how to explain it to be honest, but I feel like I just become more and more empathetic. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of like allow myself to feel, things whereas if they're like positive quote-unquote or negative quote-unquote like doesn't really matter like I feel like when we allow ourselves to feel we allow ourselves to expand and understand more about human nature and about us and about our surroundings I think in my personal opinion so I think that those lows are part of our process and if we have you know like a really low moment or something that does not really match with our mood board it's totally fine and there's things there's so much outside our control so fucking much you know this whole narrative of like we are the center of our success and we're fully responsible for everything that happens i'm sorry hot take that's not true i don't think that that's the case to an extent yes but there's still so many things outside our control and sometimes life is really tough and sometimes it's okay when things crumble and you know it's it happens it happens to all of us it truly does to of course different extents and different dimensions but there's things outside our control and it's about these moments where we learn to navigate and where we learn what works best and where we are able to sympathize with the uncomf- the discomfort that comes with this journey of becoming, I think, in my personal opinion. Ultimately, committing to an aesthetic or feeling like we're far away of that, of achieving that quote-unquote recipe of success or health, yeah, is not really nice for us for our well-being in my personal opinion so I would just say question yourself and constantly check in and find out what gives you life and how you embody health and what that looks like for you how that feels like for you as well I think there must be a balance between things, physical things that bring us joy and bring us health and internal things that bring bring us joy and health. So definitely try to instigate on those and yeah, stick to those and do the best you can. That's already, honestly, I guess what we're here for to truly do the best we can and be happy and be loved and love. Okay. I think that's everything I have to say about this. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for staying till the end. And I hope you enjoyed and I hope it was some sort of um interesting thing to listen to, I guess. Make sure you share it if you feel like it's going to be thought provoking for somebody else. And you can rate the podcast as well and follow me and talk to me and send me recipes and photos of your dog I absolutely love that thank you so much I'll see you next week